Hello and welcome to the World in Her Words, where we inspire black women and women of color to take control of their careers through sharing strategies, advice, and inspirational stories. I'm your host, Aisha Suleiman, and to check out more of our content, sign up to our mailing list, or to say hello, go to our website, theworldinherwords.com. Today's guest is Lily Woy, and she is a career coach on a mission to help professionals to unlock their full potential so they can succeed. People come to Lily because they feel stuck and unfulfilled with their careers. They don't know what they want, how to get there, or even why they want it. Lily helps them to get purposeful and intentional, to break the glass ceiling, and to unleash their full potential. Her journey has been an interesting one. She went from letting her company mold her into another corporate consultant, to breaking free, taking charge of her career, and carving out a role for herself through her company. Lily holds a Diploma of Transformational Coaching from the Animus Center for Coaching. She's a member of the Institute of Leadership and Management and is also trained in optimizing team dynamics. I really enjoyed my conversation with Lily because investing in a career coach is one of the best investments you can make for yourself. I think a good career coach is worth their weight in gold, so I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Welcome to the show, Lily. Thanks for having me. So tell us, who is Lily? Tell us about you. What's your story and what do you do at the moment? Sure. So I am a career and leadership development coach. I'm based in London, UK, originally from Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, and moved to the UK for studies and stayed on for work. Um, My background, I used to work in corporate consultancy, training and advising companies to deliver multi-million transformation programs before I came across an opportunity to do career and leadership development for a client. I was like, this sounds very interesting. So I jumped at it. And that was the spark that led me to where I am today. Everything just kind of fell into place and I found my calling. I was so passionate about doing this that somehow, I'm not sure you know, what exactly did I do, but I managed to carve out a role within my company Wow! to, to do just this. Yeah, I um, managed to convince them to pilot a career coaching and leadership development course for my current and upcoming leaders, all the while being more junior in grade to them. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So basically, I managed to create a career that gets me excited every day in a corporate established company and on the verge of a very lucrative promotion I decided I want to resign from my company to start my own career coaching business so now what I do is corporate professional hire me to unlock their full potential and succeed because most people feel stuck and unfulfilled with their current work life not to mention They don't really know what they want, how to get there, or why do they even want it. So I help them to get very purposeful and intentional to break their own glass ceiling and to unleash their full potential. The bottom line is I'm here to help them to get excited about their careers again. I love that. I love what you said about breaking your own glass ceiling and how cool that you were able to create the job that you wanted. I think often when people think about changing careers, they often think that they have to leave their company, but sometimes you can stay in the company and create what you want, which is exactly what you did, which is amazing. 
the other thing I wanted to say, I didn't realize you were from Malaysia. I've been to Kuala Lumpur once. Absolutely loved it. Lovely people. I ate so much. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the number one thing that I always recommend. The food in KL is fantastic. Fantastic and very welcoming people. So for anyone listening, if you've never been to Malaysia, definitely put it on your travel list. Mm-hmm. But back to you, Lily. So how did you know when it was time for you to make that switch to running your own business? A few things, really. My company and my team has, has been great. They've given me the space to grow and to develop into who I am today, which I'm forever grateful for. But there's just something in me that say, you know, this is the right time. I wanted to do more of what I'm doing, which is directly working with people who are struggling with their careers because some of them, they don't know what help is out there for for them. They don't know what resource is out there for them. And I also wanted the freedom to choose who I want to work with and how I want to work with them. So that kind of helped me to make the decision to say, yep, this is the right time. And I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I think being able to choose who you work with, I think that's super empowering. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs mention that being able to choose your clients, people talk about even firing clients sometimes <laughs> if it's not working. Oh, yes. So that's that's really great that you were able to, I guess, find the courage. But did you feel afraid? And if you felt afraid, how did you deal with the fear of taking that step? Whoa, um, of course, you know, I was so afraid. And I think the day that I resigned from my company, I was a mess. Emotionally, I was a mess. There were so many fears. Can I make a living off of, off of this? Where would I find my clients? How do I even start a business? Who do I talk to? And what would others think of me if I fail? So there were a lot of fears I have. However, I find that the most, what, what was really stopping me from making the decision or the fear that is stopping me, it's about finances. It's about stability and, and money. Fortunately, my parents have always instilled in me about, you know, good saving, good investment. So when I started my career, I started a small savings pot, you know, five, 10 pounds every week and start growing from there. So I was able to do some calculation to see how long I want to give myself the space to fail or to experiment, to learn and to see um, when or if I'm able to get a steady flow of income. And from there, once I reached that target, my fear just, just fell away because I now have a safety net. So the question then turns to what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, if it... I think that's a really good question. What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, yeah. Because in my mind, if this does not work out, I go back into the employment. I go back into full-time employment. I go back into the job hunting process. So that was the worst thing that could happen to me. And I know this can sound very blasé and not everyone has the same privilege to say that, yeah, well, you know, if my business doesn't work out, I just go and find a full-time employment. But I find that often than not, what's stopping us from doing what we want or kind of going after what we want is ourselves. Yes. Yes, I I think I agree with you there, especially the point where you just said you were worried about what will other people think about me if I fail. I think we all worry about that, which is the weirdest thing, right? Because we're all worrying about it. So if we're all worrying about it, and then why don't we think, okay, this other person is probably thinking the same thing anyway, and maybe that should help us sort of relax, but it doesn't. And I think I would say those are probably 
a lot of the mindsets that hold us back even in the workplace as well right Mm -hmm. thinking what will other people think about me but what are some of the other beliefs that you see in your coaching practice that really hold women back in the workplace the most common one I see is the stereotypes or the belief that we grew up with about ourselves before even we start out in our career. So for example, in terms of deciding what kind of career we choose, math, science, engineering are still very male-dominated. You know, that there is still this cultural stereotype that female or woman does not really belong there. As well as in terms of our own confidence, in applying um, for roles that we want, but we don't fully meet the job description criteria. So there's been a lot of research being done that women don't put themselves forward for a role if they don't meet each and every criteria. Men, if they meet 60%, yep, that's good enough. They'll go for it. (laughs) Yep. I think that's so, so accurate. And I think back to your point about the types of careers as well. I think what can happen, I think if you're from uh, certain cultures, so for example, Nigerian culture, it's you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, Mm -hmm. those types of, uh, those types of um, careers. And if you want to do something else like, you know, art or uh, media or filmmaking, then it's like, oh, no, 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 that's not going to be good. That's not their definition of success. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's the same um, with me. So my upbringing, I'm from a Chinese um, background and my interest has always been in psychology and in human behaviors. And unfortunately, at that point where I was making a decision on what do I want to do with my career or or as my undergrad, psychology was still a topic that was not looked at as a stable career path, as something that would give you financial stability. So I was kind of, by my by all my peers, my family, my friends, my relatives, they kind of steer me away to, to something that is more, that is traditionally seen as more stable. Yep, yep. So sometimes it's not even us, it's what other people tell us. And I think for me, one thing that comes to mind is this concept of working hard you know it's mm. there's this whole thing of oh you have to work hard and I find myself challenging that as I got older because I noticed it wasn't always about working hard in terms of working really long hours it was about working smart and in your work always looking for ways to do things quicker or reduce the amount of time it takes to do something or you know creating even things like templates so you don't have to keep sending the same types of emails if you create a document how can you create that and turn that into like a training guide and also rather than thinking how can I work longer hours think to yourself you know how can I work the amount of hours that I need to do to get my job done and do it in an efficient way exactly exactly it's not about working hard it's about working smart and I mean I I often say this and a lot of people laugh I find that the laziest people are Mm -hmm. often the smartest people because they were found ways to to cut through cut through the time it would take to get things done. You might be onto something there. It's so funny. Yesterday I saw an article where I think they said, was it Bill Gates that said he likes to hire lazy people because they actually find clever ways to do things. So I think you're actually onto something there. Yeah. The thing is it's it's all about understanding um and one of the philosophy that you know I really believe in its experimentation so fail fast just try it out if it doesn't work try something else that there's no point spending so much time planning and planning and replanning without even actually doing it 
because yes. you never know yes. whether it will work or not. Yes, yes, absolutely. And when we talk about things like, you know, why women wait until they have like 100% of the criteria, where do you think that comes from? Why do you think a lot of women do that? I believe it's a lot about our environment that we grew up with you know, our cultural kind of environment, our country's environment, the the people that we surround ourselves with. Um, And there's also always um, the the gender stereotype in terms of women are expected to be perfect. They're expected to, you know, be able to do a lot of things effortlessly. So be be a mom and juggle a career, be able to take care of five kids cope, do the laundry, succeed in their career. So you need to have this perfect image that you present to other people to say that, yes, I'm a successful woman. So that's why that there's an inherent kind of fear of not going after something until you know you are able to do it. Yeah, it's perfectionism wrapped up with a bow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And I also think that sometimes when it comes to jobs specifically, I think we let job titles scare us. So, Mm. you know, when you see something like director or head of or, you know, SVP or VP, I think sometimes people don't even try to read the job description to think, can I actually do the role? They just see the title and think, nope, I'm not experienced enough for this. I'm not even going to try. And I remember I saw this quote, was it on Twitter? Um, Or it must have been LinkedIn because I haven't been on Twitter for some time now. And it said, don't self-reject. And that really stayed with me because so many of us practice that self-rejection where you don't even try and you say, oh, I'm not good enough. It's better to try and then let them tell you that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, And I also feel like this is also part of our upbringing or the cultural stereotype in a way that a woman or minority has this duty to represent. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to represent. And this prevents us from making the most of opportunities and taking risks and just failing because we worry you know, what if they don't like me? What if somehow I represent the ability of my entire ethnicity or my entire background? Because suddenly there's so much pressure on you to be perfect and to be successful. Yes, I think we definitely do that. I think instead of focusing on the plus side, right? So often when I speak to people, they say, oh, I feel like I've only been invited into the room or to this meeting because I'm a woman or I'm from an ethnic minority group. And I ask them to reframe that because okay, so even if you are the only woman in the room, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because it's like, okay, here we have some diversity. Yes, I'm the only woman, but at least there's a woman in the room. And so I can bring a different perspective. I can bring in the female perspective, obviously not representing all women, just representing my point of view and probably what women who are like me would think or you know I'm from an ethnic minority group you know everyone here is white I can bring in a different perspective so rather than seeing our identities as a burden or something that's bad actually seeing the value in it exactly exactly and it's about having the confidence or developing the confidence to move away from will they like me to I will be fine even if they don't I like that I will be fine even if they don't. Yep, that is so key. Because 
wanting everyone to like you is actually very unrealistic because you don't like everybody so why would you expect that everybody would like you it's very unrealistic and i think it's a impossible standard to hold yourself to not even a high standard impossible so in terms of some of these mindsets and beliefs then what are some of your suggestions in terms of how you can overcome them the first thing is about claiming your space you know step into your space claim everything walk into the room as if you own the room because i think often we unconsciously minimize or undermine ourselves so for example i find that women or sometimes minority would like to insert the word actually or just in how we start a sentence uh, for example i actually disagree with this Oh, I actually have a question. I just wanted to follow up. Those are the words that, you know, you don't really need to put in. Why do you actually have a question? You just have a question or I have a question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I've caught myself doing that a couple of times. That's why I'm laughing. I, I do that a lot as well. And another thing that I find it funny that all of us ask is, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Because you subconsciously, um, would, position yourself as someone that's incoherent that's that someone struggle would struggle to understand yeah i do that one a lot okay i'm gonna make a mental note i need to stop doing that when i share this in some of my training sessions some of the women come up to me afterwards and say that you know what i do this all the time you know i'm gonna start tracking the way i write my emails the way i speak to people and just do a tally at the end of the day how many times do i actually use this word i like that that's a good strategy so for anyone listening start writing down when you use actually just but what's another one does that make sense Um, does that make sense yeah I think that's a really good habit to have are there any other suggestions you have in terms of how to overcome some of these beliefs and mindsets I mean I guess this is where coaching comes in right yeah yeah definitely I think a lot of another thing that you know I want people to think about it most often than not you are the one holding yourself back, not anyone else, uh, not you know the situation, not the environment, not the circumstances. It's you yourself. So it's about to think about what are you actually afraid of? What are you running away from that is stopping you from doing something or going after something? Because most of the time, it's something that you can control and that you're able to overcome with support with help but it's something it's your mindset is something in you yeah and I think coaching can be really helpful for that because I think anytime you sort of speak to someone or this is journaling as well can help with this but just talking through your fears and some of your options that could really help you to get the clarity that you need so for example what you just mentioned at the start of our conversation where you thought to yourself, what am I afraid of? And then you were like, okay, well, I have some savings. This is how long, you know, I have before I can start thinking about, okay, maybe I need to go back into full-time employment. And then once you realize you had that safety blanket, then it was like, oh, wait, what am I actually afraid of? So I think talking through each of your fears and then coming up with a strategy for, okay, this is how I'm going to address it. This is how I'm going to address it that really, really helps. And I think having a coach helps with that. 100%, 100%. And I just thought of something else. You know, when we talked about walking into the room and owning it, I think one way to do that 
is to feel confident in your appearance. Yes. I think, for example, how you dress and dressing in a way that makes you happy, makes you Mm. feel comfortable is a really great way to be able to walk into the room and own it. What do you think? I agree. I have an outfit that I class it as my power outfit. Yes. (laughs) It is this um, very nice dress that I feel very confident in and a very comfortable pair of heels Mm -hmm. and there is a specific type of makeup that I go with it and when I put all of those on I was like yep I'm ready to rule the day I love that and I thought of it because I think for me I love bright colors so I'm the same as you with my makeup I'll go for like my purple lipstick I go for like green or blue eyeliner I just jazz it up and it just instantly makes me feel really good or sometimes even when I'm not going anywhere I'll just say to myself you know what I'm going to put some makeup on and then it becomes like a fun activity and instantly it makes me feel better so I I think doing things that you love in your own way so not dressing in the way that you think other people will like dressing in the way that you find comfortable and what you like I think that's really key yes it's doing it for yourself not for anyone else yeah I think the other thing as well in terms of overcoming mindset and beliefs, I think coaching and also therapy go hand in hand because with therapy, you can really uncover a lot of the mindsets and beliefs and where they come from, even from like childhood, because often we think very surface level. We think what's driving something is very surface level, right? But then when you dive deeper, then you're like, oh, actually, this is where this comes from or where that comes from. So is that something you recommend for your clients as well? It's very dependent on their situation. Sometimes coaching can feel like therapy, but I keep a very clear distinction in terms of I don't go into the therapy side of things. I'm not a qualified therapist. Um, I have not spent years kind of studying and how to help people to work through um, some of their past um, trauma and challenges. Coaching is more about understanding enough about your past experience so you can move forward with a very clear um, plan of action that fits your personalities, your values, and and your motivation. Um, And, you know, to your point, what was interesting that what you share in terms of the surface level challenges, often I see those as symptoms um, that it's driven by one root cause. And the way that is um, surfacing is just different symptoms that might look like, you know, these are very different occasion. But if you really drill a bit deeper, it's connected to the same issue. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think I often talk about how we try to separate the personal from the professional, and it's not something that can be done. And I think, what was it you said when we had a catch up the last time? Don't have the illusion that you can split yourself into half. Yeah, you You can't. Yeah, you can't unzip yourself and say that, right, you know, let me wear my work uh, work skin on and go into work <laughs> and zip myself and I'll be my personal pers- like life again. <laughs> it's like being an alien. <laughs> yeah. So Lily, why should someone invest in career coaching? What would you say are some of the benefits? You would gain clarity with your career in terms of what you want, why you want it, and how do you actually accelerate your progress in getting it. Increased confidence in yourself and in terms of managing and navigating your career. Having the accountability of doing what you say you're going to do rather rather than just saying that you want to do it, but actually someone telling you that, you know, do it now. Why, why aren't you doing it? What's going on? As well as a lot of people that went through career coaching see 
an increase in financial returns in terms of salary, in terms of finding a new, new role, etc. But I think also the most important thing about career coaching is also a sign that you're committed in investing in yourself because we don't do this enough, you know, investing in our personal development. And a career coach can really help you to be proactive in your career and help you to be more resourceful in terms of making the most with what you already have. And, you know, if you're at the stage where you feel that you deserve more from your career, chances are you're ready um, to work with a coach. As far as a tip, depending on your relationship with your employer, get them to sponsor you. A lot of companies does this because, exactly. But the thing is, you just need to go and ask for it. Yes, usually companies have a budget for things like training and development. And actually, career coaching comes into that as well. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, get in touch with your employer, build a case around it and get them to sponsor you for career coaching. Yes. And I like what you said about investing in yourself and how often we don't do that. Investing in yourself is so important. And if it's your career, so why not invest some time into making sure that it's the best possible experience for you? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, as a, as a thank you uh, to all of your loyal listeners listening to us right now. I am very happy to offer a free 30 minutes laser breakthrough session for them to get on a call with me to really hone in on what is actually stopping them from achieving their career goals. Amazing. Thank you, Lily. No worries. My pleasure. So Lily, can you share one example of you know, a customer or client that you've worked with and you've been really happy with their progress? Yeah, definitely. This was a client that I worked with almost two and a half years ago. She came with very high standards of herself. Like she's always trying to aim for perfection in her work life, in her home life Mm -hmm. and in all of her relationship. But she never really found the time to make herself a priority. And because of that, you know, there was a lot of frustration in her in terms of how it's being reflected in her relationship with her family, with with her partner and at her work. She is being kind of seen as someone that is very aggressive because she has always tried to prioritize them over herself. And when she's not getting that in return, you know, she become quite frustrated, confrontation, you know, in a communication. And the funny thing is, they don't know, you know, her, her colleagues appear, don't know anything about this. They didn't realize the amount of effort or investment she has put in into their relationship. So they, they are uncertain on why is she behaving this way? So we really spend the time to uncover and work through where did this come from? You know, why is there a need for this perfection, for this standard? And why is there a lack of a lack of making herself a priority? And we we got into a lot of um, personal and intimate conversation. And for me to be part of that conversation, to to listen and to be in the same space as her as she reflected and worked through her own childhood upbringing, her her experience, um, the environment that shaped her to who she was, as well as giving her the steps, the tools, and the space to think about who she wants to be. I think I was very grateful and very humble to be part of the experience. And also, you know, she is customer or or a testimonial that I've always referenced to because I, me myself, I was so inspired about her journey 
you know, seeing her overcoming, you know, blockers after blockers about her mindset, about her belief, about, you know, what she thought was true. I overcome some of my own limiting belief myself as well. And I was the coach in this situation. I think that's a great story. And I think often what happens is we have these expectations of others, but then we don't communicate it. And then that builds resentment because we then think, oh, why doesn't this person, you know, appreciate what I'm doing? Well, the first thing is they never asked you to do that, right? And then the other thing is you haven't communicated that you expect this in return as well. And I think the worst thing you can do is when you're not happy, whether personally or professionally, and you don't speak up. And you expect people to read your mind because then you're yeah. not giving them a chance. I, I, I always say, don't assume anything. That is good advice. That is good <laughs> advice. So great to have you on the show, Lily. Thank you so much for sharing your advice and your wisdom. It, it was my pleasure. I have such a good time um, speaking to you. If you want to join our community of Black women and women of color to talk more about this topic, then follow our LinkedIn or Instagram page. I'd love to hear from you. To read the show notes for this episode, go to theworldinherwords.com. Take good care of yourself.